from F.E. Warren Air Force Base in Cheyenne, Wyoming, this is Missile Minutia, the official podcast of the 90th Missile Wing and the Wranglers of F.E. Warren. Here are your hosts. Hello there and welcome back to the podcast. This is Missile Minutia, the official podcast of the 90th Missile Wing and F.E. Warren Air Force Base. My name is Glenn Robertson with the 90th Missile Wing Public Affairs Office. And with me as, well, as usual, not as always, I've got uh, Sergeant Tyler Placey. How you doing, Tyler? Good. How are you? Oh, not too bad, bud. So today we've got a special guest to prepare for the upcoming Suicide Prevention Month. And that is our Violence Prevention Integrator here at F.E. Warren. Rebecca Nordine. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you for having me. This is a a sensitive issue for a lot of people. Um, This is something that has affected probably all of us in some way, some fashion, myself included. So I'm, you know, personally, I'm I'm glad you're here and I thank you for, you know, for taking the time to come talk to us and and, uh, give us some ideas and, and things to look out for and things to be concerned about. So with that being said, I think we'll probably just Tell us a little bit about what you got going on. Great, thanks. So, as you said, next month, September is Suicide Prevention Month. The first week, starting this uh, September 7th through September 11th, is World Suicide Prevention Week. That is a huge week here at F.E. Warren. We're not doing anything on the 7th because it is Labor Day. Mm-hmm. But starting the 8th at um, 1300 hours in the Airmen and Family Readiness Center classroom, it's building 207. We're going to be showing Kevin Hines' documentary, Suicide the Ripple Effect. I don't know if you are aware who Kevin Hines is, yeah, yeah. but Kevin Hines is a gentleman who at one point in his life thought that he needed to die, in fact a couple points in his life, and he made that decision that he was going to jump off the Golden Gate Bridge. And on that morning, as soon as he jumped, he realized that he wanted to live and has really dedicated his life since really trying to save other people's lives and just telling his story. It's um, very worth the time going to see and I would really highly encourage anyone if they haven't seen it yet to come on out and that's on the 8th. On the 9th we have Safe Talk, same place at the Airman and Family Readiness Center in the classroom there. Safe Talk is a half day class so it's going to be from 8 to noon. It's really those basic suicide prevention skills that teaches you how to identify when someone might be having thoughts of suicide Mm -hmm. then how to ask the person and how to get that person with thoughts to someone who can keep them safe sure sure. really highly recommend it for airmen and first term first supervisors Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. young lieutenants just learning and getting to know how to pick up on when someone might be needing their additional uh, assistance sure sure now, is there is there any way to register for those, or is it a walk-in type deal, or? So, for all of these, if people could either call me um, on my extension, it's obviously uh, 773-3298, or email me. My email is rebecca.nordin, N-O-R-D-I-N, dot one, at us.af.mil. At the end of the podcast, we'll give out that information again. So if anybody's, if anybody doesn't have the opportunity to write it down right now, we'll we'll get it back to you. Thank you. Then um, September tenth is Thursday. It is Suicide World Suicide Prevention Day. We're asking everyone who can. Obviously, those in uniform are not able to wear yellow, but civilians are um, to wear family members to wear yellow on September 10th, just in recognition of Suicide Prevention Day. 
Also on that day, we have a joint suicide prevention symposium. It's 90th Missile Wing, mm -hmm. along with the Army Guard, the Air Guard, and the Cheyenne Veterans Administration. All suicide prevention program managers are putting on a suicide prevention symposium at the National Guard, um, National Guard Joint Forces Headquarters in the auditorium. There are going to be speakers there from the city of Cheyenne, from Effie Warren telling a personal story related to suicide, from the VA, from Grace from Two Brothers, mm -hmm. from the Air National Guard, and it's really worth the time, even if you can't go for the whole thing, mm -hmm. but going for just some of it to, sure. to gain a little bit more insight on how you can help when someone is in that time of need and needing someone to step in when they have thoughts of suicide. Are these going to be, these are going to be personal stories of people that have helped or people that have, have needed help in the past and are... All of the above. Just to give you an idea of who's going to be there, Mr. Tim Shepard, he's the director of Wyoming Veterans Commission. He's going to start out with the warrior soldiers in that story. How to fail forward, the empowerment mindset, and the road to success. We also have here from the 90th Missile Wing is Senior Master Sergeant Cody Stallings, who is the 790th um, MSFS Operations Superintendent. He talked last year mm -hmm. at our Storytellers, and he's um, willing and coming out again to this joint symposium to talk about his story related to suicide and the impact of that suicide, which was very powerful. Thomas D. Kirk, PhD. Dr. Kirk is from Capital Counseling here in Cheyenne. He's going to be talking about mental health and conflict, conflict resolution, mindful, mindfulness and solutions. Ms. Rihanna Brand, she's from the Chamber of Commerce here in Cheyenne, and she's also going to tell us survivor's testimony, sure. self-isolation outreach. She was formerly with Grace for yeah. Brothers and has a very powerful speaker. Ms. Linda Benson is the suicide prevention program coordinator for the VA and she's going to be talking about managing the suicide calls and interventions self-isolation and outreach really looking at the veterans sure when we're looking at this we're not just concentrating on the active duty the guard the veteran but also bringing in the family piece of it so she will be touching on some of that as well good focusing on people in general yeah yes I think is the, a, a huge deal because we can't we can't work in a stovepipe. We can't work in a bubble. When we're yeah. talking about suicide prevention, we have to look out for each other and we're not sure. just one group. Miss Lindsay Martin, she is from the Wyoming Department of Health, Injury and Violence Prevention Program. She's gonna be talking about suicide here in Wyoming and helping resources. Here in Wyoming, suicide is the number two in the country yeah. as far as death by suicide. Yeah. So it's really important to understand how it's all interrelated. Sure. And that's per capita numbers, right? Not total numbers? Yes, that's okay. per capita numbers. I was going to say, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that would be, that would be wild. I mean, yeah, and, and absolutely terrible. Um, so, you make, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, our population yeah. density is so low that it, it makes perfect sense. But, um, you know. Well, and Wyoming is consistently in the top five. Yeah. When you go back 20 years, I know last year I was looking at just the stats. Wyoming is mm -hmm. typically in the top three, and we've been back in the top two. So we have to really look, what can we do to prevent that? Captain Leslie Brazil is Wyoming National Guard, and she's gonna be talking about resiliency, self-care, self-awareness, while helping others. 
And then Katie Baxter is from Grace from Two Brothers. If you don't know Grace from mm -hmm. Two Brothers, it's a huge organization here in Wyoming. A uh, wonderful organization that I would yeah. encourage anyone to connect with you if you have the opportunity. And she's going to be talking about resources, support, and services. The symposium will um, conclude with Mr. Jeremy Bay. He's the Risk Reduction Coordinator. He's going to be talking about risks, setbacks, and the safety plan and how to bring it all together. If not able to make it out to the Joint National Guard Forces Headquarters on the 10th of September, no, we are trying to get it live streamed mm -hmm. and we'll be publishing where that is going to be live streamed so that people can watch it and actually go back and take a look at it and see it again Perfect. because a lot sure. of times when you're talking about suicide, going back and saying, oh, okay, that makes look, I get sure. this. Sure. It's easy to get lost in your thoughts and emotions as you're hearing powerful testimony. So I, yeah. I understand the the need to go back and, and sure. kind of take it all in. Sure. And um, while I'm not 100%, like you mentioned, it, um, we're not sure where it's going to be streamed from, um, but I am fairly certain that we will be sharing that video when it's, um, you know, when it's taken um, on the wing page um, because we are going to be involved with it. Like you mentioned, there's going to be a lot of valuable information, so we want to make sure that our airmen, our troops, our people have uh, the access to that somewhat readily. Um, so we'll, we'll be doing that as well. So we have been talking about Suicide Prevention Month, but more generally, more broadly, what would you tell an airman um, if if he or she is worried about someone? Um, who you know who should they go to? If they're seeing something that that concerns them um, as far as the behavior in somebody you know that they work with or that they live with. And that's a really good point. Is if you see change, mm -hmm. people talk about risk factors and they talk about warning signs when it has to do with suicide. I like to look at the fact that let's look at it, you know, self care early. And when you see sure. changes, go up to the person. Sure. You're not going to give them the idea of suicide if you ask them if they're thinking about suicide. Mm -hmm. We're all aware that suicide is out there. Sure. But just asking them. However, asking someone is scary. Sure. Especially. Oh, if you're fearful of what that answer might be, mm -hmm. the thing is go to someone else. Yeah. Um, don't just sit on it and think they're going to get better. Yeah. Last year during one of the classes I was teaching, I had someone stand up and they self-disclosed that they had been in a really bad place over the summer. Mm -hmm. They were feeling really down. They got to the point, though, that they knew they needed help. Mm -hmm. They went and they got the help and they were in a, in a good place now, good. in a safe good. place now. They brought up, though, that someone came up to them when they were in that good place and said, wow, how are you doing? I am so glad that you're doing better. I was really worried about you. Mm -hmm. What we need to do is go up to people and say, I am worried about you. Yeah, not I was. Because we don't always get the chance for I was. That's the big thing that I'd like to get out there ask that question if you don't have the ability to ask that question because you have that personal barrier or you're afraid of that answer then sure. go to someone else sure. go to someone who is going to ask that question and i really liked what you said there as far as you know you might not have a chance for i was worried about you things can happen very quickly you being worried about someone and not not taking the steps that could have done something that's going to sit on you forever um well, the thing, too, is to know that it's not your fault if someone does sure, do something. Sure, sure, But just having the awareness and, and asking that question when you do see it, it is sure. important. 
I think too, one of the other things that we need to look at here is with you look at relationships mm -hmm. is consistently be consistently been one of the number one factors as far as risk factors sure. for suicide when you know someone's having a difficult relationship check in with them mm -hmm. see how things are going you talk about uh, in the Air Force with people being in trouble mm -hmm. what I have seen a lot of times when someone is in trouble people seem to isolate that yeah. person yeah. So we're isolating them at a time when they need us the most. I like to tell people, let the administration, let the leadership take care of what needs sure. to be done with that. But we need to be there for that person. Not everyone's suited for military service, but everyone's suited for human life. Let's... Be, be people first. Yes. Yeah. You know, let the people who that's their job take care of that. But our job is to be human too. Right. Absolutely. You know, I never even thought about that, you know, as far as the, the isolation that, you know, it is, it does happen. I mean, I remember from my time, you know, active duty, um, you know, the folks that would go on restriction or get, or get in trouble, they, you know, they hung out with each other. Like yeah. they, they, you know, they would go to their, their workspaces, but for the most part, they, they were ostracized. And it's not something, you know, I think it's just like the nature of the beast, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be that way. It seems to be a lot of self-preservation in the, in the sense that I don't want to be around that person that's getting in trouble, getting in trouble. Uh -huh. right. I might get in trouble. Yeah. But I, I think it's, it's more important, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you're there for a person before you're worried about getting in trouble for yourself sure. or what have you. Um, just service before self, and part of that service is taking care of people. And that's, that's I think, the main reason for this podcast. We want to make sure that people are taken care of. And and we've talked a lot about how to approach someone that's, that's going through something or you see change in and you're worried about. What about those folks that, that might be listening that are the ones going through that? I would, uh, I would encourage anyone who's having any thoughts of suicide or is even before it's at the point, having those stressors. Mm -hmm. Talk to someone. We all feel better. How do you guys feel when you talk to someone and you just get that off your chest? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it, it just makes that huge difference. The thing is we have stressors in our life. You look at being in Wyoming. For being in Wyoming, a lot of people, it's a wonderful thing. But for some people, they had to look at the map to find Wyoming when they got the assignment. It's, sure. It, some it's of a, us cried when we found out. <laughs> it, it's a fact. I know that there's been some airmen that have come in recently just by doing FTAC that have had overseas assignments. One airman was actually at the airport when they caught, got the call to not get on the airplane because they were being diverted to Wyoming. Um, they had an assignment uh, to Aviano, and so that's, that's huge that's stressors. That's quite the start change. <laughs> <laughs> huge stressors. Ooh, right. Sure. It's your, especially airmen, their first experience with the Air Force, but NCOs, young officers, it's their first real experience. They're, you're adjusting to how to be in the military. Sure. A lot of times you are learning how to be in relationships. Sure. You are starting to have children, so that means all of those you know, good and bad stressors are playing a part. And if you just internalize and internalize and internalize and you're not talking to anyone, then it's just kind of festering there. Sure, sure. We have the chaplains. Big things with the chaplains here on base is they're 100% confidential 
well, in the Air Force, confidentiality. But here on base, it, I think it's huge because we have security forces group, largest mm -hmm. security forces group in the Air Force, mm -hmm. and we have um, the maintenance side. So it's not as scary to talk to a chaplain. Chaplains sure. will talk to someone um, without that religious overtone. Sure. And, and they, we have fantastic chaplains here. We and they're do. phenomenal to speak with. And then we have the MFLAPs. Mm -hmm. uh, military family life counselors. They are licensed clinicians who are contracted. We have one embedded in security forces. We have another one coming in who's going to be embedded in security forces group. We have, we're in between right now, but we should have Royce coming back, hopefully, who will be back at Airmen and Family Readiness. You can talk to them. They are a non-medical counseling. They're a lower level of care. Mm -hmm. Those stressors that I was just talking about, they're able to just kind of unpack them. Sure. So that you are able to move forward. Sure. And right. I've, I've had great experiences with MFLAC. When I was in Charleston, I went and spoke to an MFLAC uh, about going through a separation and divorce mm -hmm. and things like that. And it, it definitely made it a lot easier. It turned that, uh, that, stress for, that stressor into something that I could learn how to deal with other things, not just what I was going through at the time. So. Exactly, and that's why they're here. They're sure. here to provide that lower sure. level of care. Now, if you need a higher level of care, mental health is here. But there are so many avenues before you even get to that point. You sure. have Military One Source, mm -hmm. that they have that lower level of care. They're able to help out with those things that are just kind of festering, those, those sure. stressors that are yeah. there so that you can unpack them. I think you're also bringing up a point here is everyone has different coping skills. Everyone in the military, no matter what branch you're in, has come from different life experience. You have people who are from inner cities, you have mm -hmm. people who are from um, rural areas, you have people who went to public schools, private schools, you sure. have different life experience. Single parents, two-parent families, same-sex parents, families. No one has that same life experience, which means no one has those same coping skills coming in. Some people have not learned those yet. It's they're not easy to learn. They're not. Yeah. And a, lot of, a lot of times it, it comes through experience. I mean, right. you know, you have to go through some of these things, I mean, negative and positive, before you're able to really recognize how to get through it. It's unfortunate that that's the way sometimes, but that's why we have people like you're talking about to assist while you're going through it. I know we have different resources depending on where you're at. If you're a veteran, if you're active duty, if you're a civilian, it's not all the same people that are available for, you know, for everyone, but there are resources for everyone on this base. Um, exactly. Well, and I think it's even more important too for everyone to realize that our experiences are not the same. So when I look at you and you're down, you're not going to cope with it or what gets you to a better place is not going to be the same thing that sure. gets me there. So sure. I can't expect for you to do what I do. And that's important when we're just talking to our friends, co-workers. Or and as, as we're talking through this and everybody having the different life experiences and what have you, I think that's why it's most important that you get out to the symposium, you go to the safe talk, you go listen to Kevin Hines talk, because maybe you haven't gone through that, mm -hmm. but if it touches an emotional part of you, it's going to stick with you sure. and you're going to have the tools to help someone in the future. Whether you've ever gone through this or not, you definitely want to be able to be there for your airmen, for your friends, for the people sure. you work with. So it's it's very important to get out to those the symposiums and take part in these these events. Well, even at the end of the month, on the 23rd and the 29th, we're having 
a class. It's going to be healthy coping skills, self-care, and how to connect with community resources. Anyone who is wanting to learn more about that them for themselves and wanting to help others, this is available. Right, almost a, a version of preventative uh, preventative medicine, making sure we don't get to the point where we need the, the help afterwards or what sure. have you. Sure, I mean, and that's the whole, I mean, that's the whole idea of, you know, suicide prevention. It's a lot better to be in a position to prevent someone um, and help them through a bad time so they don't consider that rather than doing the, the aftercare for people that have been affected. Um, for sure. The Air Force has rolled out Go Slow, and what Go Slow stands for is safe locks and outside the home. Anyone who is at risk or having thoughts of suicide or suicide-related behaviors is getting the anything that could be a lethal means, mm -hmm. locking them up, getting them in a safe, or getting them outside the home. I have 1,500, well, about 1,400 gun locks now. You'll find them around base where if you have a personal firearm, just locking that personal firearm up, giving you that little bit of extra time. 60 to 70 percent of people who own firearms who take their lives use their personal firearm to attempt suicide and 90 percent of those are lethal so that's an important thing to think about also looking at the air force when you're looking at that 25 percent of people who die by suicide have made that decision in a five minute window so when we're looking at that just getting a little bit safer and getting those things out of reach so right. that it's more likely someone is going to be able to get that help than take their life. Right, and where, where are a couple of places that you can find those locks if someone's looking for them? Well, um, almost all the first sergeants. The first sergeants have been given a box of locks. They have them over at the med group. So if you're going over for your PHA, they have them just on display there. They have them at the BX um, in the firearms area. So you'll, you're going to start seeing them more and more places. I have them in my office, and I am always, they're on display there for anyone to take. And I, if you want, need more, if you're a supervisor or if you're a shirt who's run out, anyone can come by, and I will give you the box so that we can get them out and get those to people. To awesome. And, and where's your office located, ma'am? In the Airmen and Family Readiness Building. It's Building 207. Is there any advice you could give to first-line supervisors and even leadership all the way up the chain to to kind of put that put the vibe out there that that you are a person that that someone who's struggling can come talk to? So I and you're talking about the first-line supervisor being someone and the commander right. being someone. I, that human factor is so important. I think the first-line supervisor. I, is really going to be the critical link in suicide prevention. That first line supervisor getting out there, if you feel uncomfortable about talking about suicide, take advantage of some of these courses we have available. I highly recommend going to Safe Talk for a first line supervisor, getting those skills so that you feel comfortable and that way someone's gonna be more approachable. Sure. When Commanders Assist is a great program. We do have that on base. And that's a two-day program that provides even more skills for those commanders. I know last year we had a group commander that attended that two-day course. It's just learning and being there. 
and being approachable and it's hard to teach someone to be approachable. I mean especially in certain positions you know you the military definitely breeds a, a mentality yeah. when it comes to approachability of of people as they progress. Now I think I think that we have a, a really good group of commanders who don't necessarily you know have that you know mystique of don't talk to me you know I, I we can look at most of the commanders on, on the base I would say. And, and it starts at the top. Yeah absolutely. I've never been around a more approachable commander than than Colonel Benetti. Yeah. I agree 100%. I think uh, Colonel Benetti sets a great tone for the leadership sure. here as far as approachability and he supports people getting out and getting to know their people and he supports everything to do with the suicide prevention program here. And as far as the commanders, it is. It's a great group of commanders. Yeah. I know commanders are reaching out and doing what they can to see how they can make that difference. So. Sometimes I think though with younger airmen, younger lieutenants, even though the commander is approachable, that installed fear of that rank is what they're seeing and not seeing that person. And, and that's where your, your frontline supervisors and your wingmen, your peers come in. Yeah. Uh, if you don't feel comfortable going up the chain, certainly reach out to someone. Yeah. I was gonna say, there's, yeah. There's got to be there's got to be a supervisor in your workspace that you can talk to, um, you know that, and yeah, I think that's one thing. I mean, I know we've kind of banged on that drum a lot during this, but you know, don't suffer alone. If you're just talk if, to someone, exactly. If you're out there, if you're listening to this, and you know, and, and you're thinking something negative, you know, you're you're cons even considering, you know, God forbid, you know, this, talk to someone. Um, you do not have to do this alone. And also know, too, there's a suicide um, hotline. Uh, Wyoming, yeah, uh, Wyoming just put one in place. Well, and that's the national hotline. The oh, okay. The thing with that hotline is it's now in Wyoming. Okay. Call that hotline 24-7. Gotcha. However, five days a week now during that time up in Casper, mm -hmm. they have it manned here in Wyoming. Other states have had that all along, so that's really a huge step forward. But know that they're available to call them. So what's going on at that hotline is typically what they have is each state has specific people that are manning the phones specifically mm -hmm. for that state because they have those resources there for that state. What has been introduced now is Wyoming has someone here in the state is able to provide those state resources. That's it's great. not 24-7. So when you call the number, you're still going to get the suicide prevention hotline. No matter, you're not going to ever sure. not with someone. Cool. The only other thing I would say, too, I mean, if you're not knowing who you can talk to, if you drop in my office and say, hey, Rebecca, I heard you talking and that you were talking about these resources, I'm really needing someone to talk to, I will connect you with that person. I'm not going to provide you, you know, the those services because, but call the public affairs office. Yeah, and we'll find the numbers. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say one. Our, our numbers everywhere. Yes, yeah. it really is. <laughs> we we get a lot of phone calls. We'll connect you with Rebecca, and I will connect you with the person that's right. going to be able to help you. We have a, and it's been hard with COVID to get this up and running. But we, right before COVID kicked in. We were starting a suicide prevention committee. Suicide prevention is not just a month a year. To make a difference is all year. So if anyone out there is passionate, wants to get involved with being doing suicide prevention as a whole on this base, 
please get in contact me and I will let you know what is going on with that committee. I'd like, as things are starting to get to the new normal, to really get moving with this committee so that we can make a difference. Well, folks, that is it for us. Uh, this has been a uh, little bit heavier uh, than our typical content, I think. But uh, Rebecca, thank you so much for being here. Um, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having me. Sure. I appreciate you letting me get this out there. It's so important. It really is. It really is. Sergeant Placey, any last words from you? Who do we got on deck next week? Who do we have on deck next week? Steve Bradley from the Security oh, Forces Group. Oh, yep, Chief this Bradley. We're, we're going to get some perspective on uh, kind of how it was when he joined the military to where now he's getting ready to retire. Yeah. And uh, some of the changes and how maybe leadership has been affected. Sure. Uh, and the airmen as well, obviously. But again, thank you so much for being here, Rebecca. It was a fantastic talk. Yeah. I learned a lot. Hopefully everyone listening did. And as promised, listeners, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number is 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. And they do have a website. It's at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Suicidepreventionlifeline.org. This year's theme for Suicide Prevention Month in the DOD is Connect to Protect. And one last number is Rebecca Nordine. Her phone number is 307-773-3298. The number again is 773-3298. Her email address is rebecca.nordine.1 at us.af.mil. Rebecca.nordine, N-O-R-D-I-N, dot one at us.af.mil. Well, again, folks, thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you next week.